right. Awesome. Awesome. Good to be with you. My name is Evan, by the way. If we haven't met, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the pandemic being over so that we can meet in person. Uh, if we haven't, if we have, I still look forward to seeing you again. <laughs> um, so uh, it's uh, it's good to be with you nonetheless. It's good to see me on your screen, <laughs> whether it's a mobile device or whatever it is. Hey, if you wouldn't mind opening up to Hebrews chapter 4. We are continuing a series in uh, looking at the Sabbath, okay? Uh, it is the holy day of the Lord. What is it all about? We're looking at different aspects of how to restore the sacred rest, okay? That is the name of our series, Restoring the Sacred Rest. And uh, we've so far looked at a few different aspects of this thing called Sabbath. Hey, it's one of the Ten Commandments. What the heck is it all about anyway? So far, we've learned uh, from Pastor Tony the first two messages. If you're following along, if you haven't, just scroll on down on, on YouTube or whatever you're looking at right now, and uh, I'm sure you'll find it. Ask somebody for a link. Uh, so far, we've learned about two aspects of the Sabbath. One is that it is a delight. We see that in Genesis chapter 2. Right after God had finished with all of creation, on the seventh day, he set it apart. He did two things on that day. He set it apart. He made it holy. Setting apart means to take something out of common use. So the six days were, okay, work, 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 work. But this one, he did something a little bit different. He set it apart. And secondly, uh, he blessed it, okay? He made it fruitful, abundant. He made it, uh, it was just something that was a delight. It was a pleasure. So he rested on that day and he made it holy by doing so and, and he blessed it. Okay, and that word rested from all of his work, the Lord God rested from all the work that he had done, is where we get that word Sabbath, or in Hebrew, Shabbat, from. Now later on, uh, as you'll see, uh, it was instituted into one of the laws. In fact, it was one of the Ten Commandments, which we'll talk about very soon. But the second message that we talked about is not only was it meant to be a day of delight for the ancient Israelite and Jew and now Christian, but uh, it's also a day to commemorate and to worship God on. In Deuteronomy 5, as you may recall, that's the second time that Moses gave the law again. And this time when he's talking about, hey, you know, honor the Sabbath, keep it holy. He adds another line and says, because God had taken us out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, out of, out of the bad situation that we we're in. He is our rescuer. He is the salvation that our souls have been longing for. So... Let's set aside a day and just celebrate every single week. And it established this rhythm in ancient Israel, uh, which carried on into, uh, into the New Testament and uh, the people of Jesus, where they are recalling and remembering, hey, Jesus died and he rose again, freeing us just like God freed the ancient Israelites. And so it is a rhythm that is established every week to commemorate, to celebrate, and to delight God in. It's a rhythm of life. And it's, uh, it's quite unique. Uh, it's very interesting. It's, it's, I really personally enjoy it very much. Now, uh, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to learn another aspect today about the Sabbath. Not only are we to delight in it, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that too. Uh, not only are we to remember uh, what God has done for us, um, in, in Jesus and worship on that day. We come together, we celebrate, we bless one another. Uh, we get to have a party, whatever you want to do. Um, personally, 
I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Uh, we've been going out once a week with masks on, okay, social distance, and I get ice cream every Sunday, every Sabbath day. That's when uh, we've been able to actually celebrate the Sabbath on a Sunday. Usually not so much for a pastor, but <laughs> we're usually working on that day. But uh, but since you know I'm filming this on a Wednesday, I have Sunday open and free. So I've been taking my kids uh, for to our favorite ice cream place. It, it is the best ice cream place like ever. Like it is amazing. Okay, uh, shoot me a message if you want to know um, where it is, and I'll take. I will take. I will send you a link to it and you can go yourself okay <laughs> i make no promises okay um but it is a a something that is certainly a delight and something that we do weekly but another aspect that we haven't discussed yet about the sabbath is this uh that it is a day to rededicate ourselves and to covenant with god what does covenant mean no not covet like oh what's my neighbor got over there that's a nice car and a nice girl no, that's covet. That's like you want something of somebody else. Covenant is a promise or a dedication. It is a promise that is made from God to us. And it's like this binding agreement that we have with him. Okay. Uh, so it is a day to remember that covenant and to, and to make it holy as it says in, in Exodus 20 in, in the Ten Commandments. Okay. So we're going to be looking at uh, how the Sabbath actually protects and nurtures our relationship with God, okay? The overall point uh, and the aspect that we're to learn about Sabbath today is that the Sabbath, along with delight and memor uh, 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 commemoration and worship, is that it actually also protects and nurtures our relationship with God. We're going to find out how in the book of Hebrews. Now, I've broken this up into uh, two main points. It's very difficult to break up the book of Hebrews because, as you may remember, as I preached it before uh, several weeks ago, if you don't remember, uh, well, there's a slide right here for you, okay? <laughs> the book of Hebrews is stewed in Old Testament, so it's very difficult to preach any one aspect of it without cracking open the Old Testament and going back so that you can really get a deep understanding and meaning of what Jesus means because for thousands of years uh, there has been a build-up to this promise, this fulfilled covenant in Jesus Christ. So we're going to find many things, many different ideas intertwined, but there are two aspects uh, to this passage that I'd like to highlight. And this is it, that... Uh, when we set apart time for God, okay, i.e. a Sabbath, it allows for God to set us apart for him. Okay, that is the main uh, drive. And that's so it has to do with time that is set apart and a people or a relationship between people, us and God, that is set apart. Okay, those are the two uh, things, the two themes that you're going to see pop up in this passage. I'm going to take you on a little journey through the Old Testament, and then we'll end up right back here where we started, okay? So it's like it's like an amusement park ride, hopefully. So hold on. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 through 11, and then I'm just going to highlight one or two, uh, one or two verses here. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did in the Old Testament. It's not there, but I'm adding that so that you know. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. 
Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere, Genesis, he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today, this he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will uh, help me speak with clarity uh, for my brothers and sisters, and uh, that we'll be able to really um, get a better understanding of what it means to rest in you, to be with you, to delight in you, and to recommit ourselves constantly Lord, I pray that you'll help us to get into a pattern, a rhythm of protecting and nurturing time and setting time apart to be with you so that uh, we may hear from you and, and continue to realize who we are in you. So we thank you so much for this time that you've given us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, that passage is a little confusing. Who here is confused? Okay. 100% of the people in this room are confused. Let me break it down a little bit for us. Again, there are two aspects uh, to what the author of Hebrews is talking about. One, he's talking about entering into a special rest, a Sabbath rest. Okay, in other words, ceasing from having to work so hard in order to protect your relationship with God. If you were to go back one chapter into Hebrews chapter 3, you'd find uh, at the very end that he's encouraging believers. He's warning them, hey, don't fall away. Protect that relationship, that sacred relationship, that faith that you have within you. And he encourages the church to encourage one another. Like, hey, you should be day to day just like encouraging your walk and checking in on one another. That way you don't have a hardened heart and go your own way. So he, he then turns his attention to the Sabbath and talking about a Sabbath rest. And he refers to, guess where, the Old Testament. Yes, over and over uh, in the Old Testament, the people of God, the Israelites, were told, hey, honor the Sabbath. It's one of the Ten Commandments. And I've had, I don't know how long I've had in the last, uh, the last few weeks, I guess, I've had this dilemma, this theological dilemma. Why on earth is resting or ceasing one of the ten commandments like why like okay i get like okay no other gods don't make any images of me and worship those things don't kill people listen to your parents those all make sense but hey one day a week he the author moses in exodus spills a lot more ink to explain hey god rested on the seventh day and he invites you his people into one day a week just spending time and being with him. So the first aspect I'd like to highlight 
is where the author of Hebrews says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. In other words, continue to set time apart. This is our first point, to set time apart to be with God. A Sabbath is uh, not just a day to do nothing, okay? It's not, oh, it's Sabbath, cool. So I have a free day to uh, sit around and Netflix binge in my underwear and, you know, uh, eat potato chips or whatever I want because that's what's delightful to me. No, not at all. Actually, it's setting it, it's taking out of common use. Now, this hopefully will bring some relief to some of you who are thinking, why are we talking about Sabbath? Don't I Sabbath every single day of the lockdown for two months now? I haven't done a thing. I'm ready to get out there and do, do, do. Well, hold on just a minute. Sabbath rest is a little bit different from just sitting around and doing nothing. It's ceasing uh, from what you normally do, the normal cycle and normal pattern of do, do, do. It's breaking away from that in order to spend time with God and to refocus on what God is doing. But remember, in Genesis chapter 2, God had rested from everything in order to just be in, uh, in his creation and to enjoy and take pleasure in all that he has created. I recently uh, had built an herb, it was Mother's Day last week, and I recently built a, an herb garden for my wife. Uh, I knew that that was something that she'd always wanted, uh, to be able to get some herbs and veggies and whatever outside. And here's a little picture of my work. I'm very proud of it, by the way. I don't, I don't feel like I'm really good with it, like my hands, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of it, actually. And I remember the next day being really sore, uh, but uh, I, I was sitting around and my wife, uh, Aang, was, was nearby. And, and I looked over and saw her just looking outside. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just enjoying looking at your work at, at this herb garden. And it brought a lot of pleasure and delight to us just to look out and see like, oh, there's little herbs growing out there. And now it was like this thing uh, that we're able to look outside and really take pleasure in and really enjoy and sit back, right? That is what God uh, invited his people into. And now this is very different from what they were used to. If you recall, we, we see the word Sabbath uh, in Genesis 2. And then the next time is in Exodus and in the Ten Commandments. Now, the background of the Ten Commandments is this that Israel, the, the people of God, had just been taken out of slavery 400 years. You do not stop working when you are a slave. Your retirement package includes death. You do not get paid time off. There is no vacation. Uh, you retire when you just keel over and die. That is, that is what it was like for them for 400 years of do, 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 do. Every single day was the same. And so God bringing out and instituting a special day to say, you know what, I want you to know for sure and, and I want you to be able to rest and just enjoy and let me take care of you. So make this day holy, make it unique, make it special. For those of you who are uh, sitting at home all the time, find ways to make this special. It, it will protect and nurture your relationship with God. 
um, some different ways to do that. Do something a little bit different. Uh, go into the corner of your apartment that you don't normally. Okay, <laughs> whatever it is. Maybe you want to take a drive. Go to the park and just sit in your car and look outside. I've done that several times when I just need a break and just want to be with God. But setting apart the time is important to do. That is why God said, hey, set this apart. Follow after this. Just do it because I rested and I want you to rest too. I want to enjoy this with you. We're so used to just the endless tasks and patterns. And even in quarantine, you may say like, well, you know, I've been resting for long enough. No, no, no. In fact, your soul needs to spend that time with God. Okay, so it is a special, unique day to not only delight and remember, but to contemplate and be with God. The Old Testament people suffered over and over uh, from not doing this. They didn't really take it as seriously. And to be honest, it is one of the easier ones to sort of like overlook, right? Okay, don't kill anybody. Got it. <laughs> don't steal anything. Try not to lie. I'll do my best. But spend a day, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Over and over, they suffered from doing this. Okay, so still try to assign a special day. Like I mentioned earlier, um, we do so by going out for ice cream. And it's fun because I'm in the car and I'm like, hey, guys, we're going to get ice cream. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, that means it's Sunday. What do we celebrate uh, on this day? And and they say, Jesus. And I'm like, what did he do? And then they, they sort of fizzle out from there. But, you know, it's an, it's an ongoing process. That's why we do this weekly because they forget, right? And we're the same way. So that is why it's important to set a day aside for God. I'm a very type A person. I've calmed down quite a bit uh, for two reasons. One, I started uh, instituting Sabbath into my lifestyle, a rhythm of rest into my lifestyle. And two, I married a very type B person. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of helps a little bit too, to just kind of chill out and calm down. But uh, when, when you do this... Um, when, you, when you're able to uh, establish that rhythm of slowing down, it really enriches everything else. Uh, it enriches other aspects of your life. You can almost think of it this way. It's like God wants to take you on a date once a week. And he says, hey, set this one, this one day aside or this time aside so that we can remember so that we can remember the agreement that I've made with you, the promises that I've made for you, that you can remember who you are. And that's actually the very next point uh, that I'd like to bring up, is that we, set, we are set apart by the promise. Now, I I'd like to back this up uh, into the Old Testament once again. Because it says in Hebrews, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. In Exodus chapter 31, we have a little bit more commentary on that 10 commandment, on the fourth commandment of the 10 commandments uh, to obey the Sabbath or honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. And it says this in Exodus chapter 31, verses 13 through 17. It says, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. They will be a sign between me and you for generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord, that's the personal name of God there in all caps, who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Wow. And then jump down to verse 17. It says, it will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. 
For in six days the Lord had made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Wow, this changes things just a little bit. Exodus 31 says, It is a sign between me and you, the people of God, and God himself. That was the sign. So we can almost think of the Sabbath as a wedding ring. It's God's wedding ring to his people. Now, what is a wedding ring? Does taking off a wedding ring mean that I'm no longer married? No, of course not. But it is a symbol that says that I or my spouse has been taken out of common use. I'm not available for anybody else other than to my wife and vice versa. She is only available to me. She is reserved and made holy, if you will, and has made promises and has had promises made only to her. Okay. So when we think of the Sabbath that way, it, it kind of almost states, this is who you are. You are one that I've made an agreement with. You are one that I've made promises to. I have made vows to, to protect, to nurture, to give life to. That is what the Sabbath did in the Old Testament and can continue to do for us today. So what does that kind of tell you? The Sabbath is a sign? Well, if you don't hear anything else in this sermon, listen to this. The Sabbath is a sign, okay? And this, this is the question. This was the question, again, that was the burning question. Why is the Sabbath, like, such a big deal? Why, why is resting such a big deal? Because it, it sends this message, okay? That you are not identified by what you do six days of the week, but by who you belong to on the day that you rest. You are not identified by what you do every single common day, but you are identified by the promise that God has made and who you belong to. I hope that that makes sense. It's kind of like this. Um, I was thinking about how many trangs are in our church. Okay, we have a lot of trangs in our church. Like if I just walked up and said, hey, has anybody seen trang? You'd probably say, which trang, right? And I'd be like, oh, I don't remember. It's either tran or nguyen. And you're like, well, that doesn't narrow it down a whole lot. You need me to say what? Who is she related to? So if I said something like, oh, uh, Trang Hui, you'd be like, oh, I know right away. Because you know who she is paired with. And vice versa, you know who he is paired with. Oh, Hui Trang, right? It's like how sometimes uh, Vietnamese speakers will be like, oh, Ing, Ing, Evan, Ing, right? And right away they know, like, oh, okay. I know because of, of the relationship that they have with one another. And in the same way, when we practice the habit of Sabbath, Okay, we are associating with God in that way. Isn't that cool? Check out again what it says in, in uh, Exodus 31. I can't believe the Israelites missed this. This is crazy. And how often we miss this. It says, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be the sign between me and you. It's this day that I want to share with you. It's this cosmic date that I want to have with you every single week. So that you may know that I am the Lord. You might know me personally who makes you holy, who sets you apart. That was the whole purpose of the Sabbath for the Israelites, is so that again and again, each week, they can reflect on who their God is, know more about him, and to recognize who they were because of that. That seems like such a, a unique and special thing. And it said something to the world around them, did it not? In a world that slaves away seven days a week, 
that really sends a strong statement saying, well, six days a week, we do the same thing as everybody else. We get up, we wash our clothes, we make breakfast, etc. But one day a week, we spend time just being with God, not worrying about any of those things because we trust that he'll take care of us. And we get to a chance to just meditate on him, to be with him, to hear from him. And to think about who we are and our actions and allow him to make us more and more like him. I make you holy, says God in Exodus 31. That's a pretty uh, significant thing then when we think of the Sabbath in this way, that it's not just eating ice cream or binge watching or whatever it is that we do. And it's not just, okay, remember Jesus, cool, you died for me, you rose again. But it's a day to actually also contemplate who our God is, to hear from him, to be with him, and allow him to transform us. It's a day that's set apart where we allow God to set us apart once again for him. Now, here's why we and the ancient Israelites had trouble with this and why the author of Hebrews is saying, hey, therefore, since that rest is available, go to it. Don't harden your hearts like they used to, where God said, you're not entering into my rest because they were far from him. Here's why. Okay. It's found actually in Ezekiel, among uh, many other places in the Old Testament, where they failed to honor the Sabbath, where they failed to slow down enough to listen to God. It's found uh, really explicitly in Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 10 through 13, he recalls, therefore, I led them out of Egypt, this is God speaking through Ezekiel, and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my decrees and made known to them my laws by which the person who obeys them will live. Also, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between us so that they would know that I, the Lord, made them holy. Yet the people of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not follow my decrees, but rejected my laws by which the person who obeys them will live and they utterly desecrated my sabbaths so i would pour out my wrath on them and destroy them in the wilderness he goes on to say but i didn't because i want them <laughs> to carry on my name okay i still want to use them but check out if you went down to verse 16 here's what it says because they rejected my laws they did not follow my decrees and desecrated my sabbaths Right here, for their hearts were devoted to their idols. Why didn't the Old Testament people, uh, the Israelites, the Old Testament people of God, follow after their God? Why didn't they? Why couldn't they just listen? Why couldn't they rest? Because their minds were fixated on their own idols. And oftentimes we are the same way. We seek validation from the works of our own hands. We're constantly looking for ways to get rid of our own guilt and shame and, and, and increase our uh, favor amongst other people. And so we're constantly working hard at that, trying to find ways that we can do it when God is just standing there saying, I'm right here. Drop everything else and come to me. I am the one that makes you holy. You can't make yourself holy. You can't make, you can't follow after other philosophies. Nothing else will help. I will give you vindication. I will give you salvation. I'll give you validation for you are mine. It was something that happened again and again through the Old Testament where the people were constantly looking for validation by their own hands. 
We see it e even all the way back to Genesis uh, 12 or Genesis 15 uh, when we take a look at uh, Abram or before he was Abraham was Abram and Sarai, his wife. And if you remember, there was a promise that I'll give you children. And if you flip one page over or even just a few verses more, uh, Sarah's like, you know what? Uh, I don't know if I want to wait around. Why don't you just sleep with my maidservant? And, you know, what does Abraham say? Okay, honey. <laughs> right? She was looking for validation for herself, as was Abraham. We see it actually in, in Exodus 32, one chapter later, when God's like, hey, I want them to have a Sabbath and enjoy it with me and be with me and, and, and remember that I am making them holy, that they could come after me. Oh, uh, by the way, Moses, your people are making a golden calf because they can't wait around for me and they're worshiping a cow. Okay, how ridiculous is that? But we do the same thing when we fall into the patterns week after week, day after day of uh, pursuing our own desires, trying to, trying to find ways to, to validate ourselves, trying to find ways that we can be of value to God and the world around us when God says, just cease for a day. Enjoy this with me. You are of value to me. Well, luckily, uh, there's another prophecy that was given in Jeremiah 31 and 32 where the Lord said days are coming declares the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and the people of Judah it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant though I was a husband to them declares the Lord so days are coming declares the Lord from the Old Testament days are coming where I will make this new covenant Okay, now the old covenant in, in, uh, in Exodus was a blood pact. In Exodus 24, we see blood being sprinkled on the people and they're like, okay, yes, oh man, this is a blood pact. But then they broke it again and again and again. And so no wonder when you read the Old Testament, you're like, why is God so angry all the time? Because they were like faithless people. It was like they, they were going out without their wedding ring saying, yep, I'm just like anybody else. I'm free and available. <laughs> And so no wonder, no wonder for books like Hosea, where God's like, hey, you know what? Just marry a prostitute because I want, this is what it's like, y'all and me, right? So instead, uh, God has this new covenant. And what is that new covenant? It's Jesus. When we see Luke 22, uh, verse 20, we see that uh, Jesus actually says this blood, this is the blood of the new covenant. And he's talking about himself. That I'm going to, my blood will be the blood that is sprinkled on everybody, making them holy. I will take all of the wrath poured out on me from the Father, uh, from all the centuries and centuries of people ripping him apart and, and, and breaking all the commands and all the Sabbaths. All of that wrath will be channeled on me, his son, in order for you to enter into that, pers uh, that personal rest uh, with God. And that is why... Uh, the author of Hebrews says, hey, therefore, since the, pr the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. And he says in verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their Old Testament Israelite example of disobedience. So it is a way for us to protect our relationship with God by constantly listening and responding to God weekly. It's more than just a delight. We enjoy, of course. It is more than just remembering what God has done, but that we are actively contemplating God, listening to him, setting apart a, uh, that time to go on that, that, that cosmic date, 
with God, if you will. Now, how do we do this well? Uh, there's a few practical uh, notes that I can give you. One, um, establish a time. Establish a time to spend with God. Uh, it doesn't have to be a full day necessarily. It's preferred. I mean, for me, I, I would need like a full 24 hours at least. My mind is constantly spinning and thinking about many different things. So I need that extra time to just wind down and like, okay, let's, let's leave this world that I am currently in, this weird dream, uh, and get back to the reality of God and be refreshed by him. And it takes a little bit of time. For some people, maybe you can connect really, disconnect from the world and then connect really easy with God. That's great. Uh, some of you work jobs that um, don't allow uh, for maybe a full day. Maybe you're in school. It's finals week. I totally get it. But it is important to set aside a time. Uh, and that is your Sabbath, your Shabbat, your ceasing, your resting to be with God and to contemplate him. Okay. Some of you have kids, a lot of them. I, I, I am included in that. I, there are now, we are outnumbered. My wife and I are just outnumbered. Yeah. There are more children running around who need things. <laughs> and so it can be very challenging as you have a, a family with young children. But uh, I recommend, you know, you take turns maybe, or if you have grandparents or anybody around who can be like, hey, can we just go out for just, you know, we just need a few hours uh, either by yourself or together as a couple um, to just Sabbath, to just stop and to just be with God, reflecting on him, right? You may say, you know what, Anevin, I, I absolutely don't have time. You don't understand my, my life. I have two jobs and I, I got kids and I got uh, school and I have all this. I completely understand. But maybe you need to just reassess your priorities a little bit. Uh, it is important to set that time aside. If it is important to you to have a relationship with God, just like it is to do anything else, you'll find the time to do that. Maybe, like me, uh, you do too much. <laughs> Uh, my wife has looked at lists of, um, of my, my to-do list, and uh, it's funny how often she reminds me, uh, this is inhuman. <laughs> like nobody can possibly accomplish this endless task list. So it's forced me over the years to sort of slim down and trim up my, my task list a little bit and say, mm, you know what, I don't want to be stressed out, resentful, bitter, and lose sight and lose uh, my hearing of God. I would rather uh, just slim it down a little bit. And if I can't accomplish everything, it's okay. It's not that God is anti-work. I mean, after all, it does say for six days you shall labor, okay? Um, but that's the point. All of your labor should be done in six days. I used to be one of those guys who said um, there's not enough time in a day. There's just not enough hours in the day. And it was through prepping for this sermon that I realized that, well, yeah, there's enough time in six days but God gives me an extra bonus day on the seventh day to be with him. So uh, get your stuff done in six days, okay? Now, so that's establishing a time, setting aside a time. Now, secondly, being with God and setting yourself apart to be with God, okay? Uh, there's different ways to do that. There's different books. You can message um, your small group leaders, myself, uh, Pastor Tony. We can kind of walk you through that. Like, how do I connect with God? I don't even know what to do. I'm just being quiet in a room. I'm twiddling my thumbs or something. Um, there, there are different ways, and people connect to God in different ways. Uh, some like to just contemplate one small part of Scripture. Some like to go through an entire book and sit outside in a hammock. 
which brings up another interesting thing. Some people like to be in nature. Some people like to be alone. Some people like to be in a library. Okay, wherever you're going to most uh, best be able to hear from God and, and just contemplate your ways and your actions before him. Psalm 139 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my, thought, my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Perhaps that's something that you need to start with when you sit down and you just need to have a, a conversation with God. Where you set aside a particular time to say, God, assess my heart. Which way am I going? I don't want to be like the ancient Israelites. Uh, I don't want to just shout one day and then the next not even know who you are. I want to be able to shout with pride and with joy at who my God is all the time. And that sometimes takes quiet, prayerful contemplation of our own actions. How am I lining up with what scripture says? How am I lining up with who my God is? Am I remembering that he's the one that validates me? Okay, so these are all important thoughts uh, that will really benefit and aid us, just as the author of Hebrews says, hey, since that day is there, go after it so that you can be protected from falling away into sin. So again, when we set aside that time, uh, we, are allow God, we allow God to set us apart. When we set apart a day or a time of Sabbath, of ceasing, of resting. We allow for God to set us apart for him. Okay, so the Sabbath is a delight. It is something that we uh, remember what Jesus has done for us and that, that, uh, that we can worship God freely and openly before him because uh, Jesus died on the cross for us and resurrected. So we know, hey, that's a cause for celebration. And that's a cause to get us to move and, and get out there and bless others. But it's also a time to sit and contemplate because it is a time that will protect and nurture our relationship with God. So let's pray.